it might be good to acknowledge the impact of divorce on the extended family. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. and I can hear it in her voice, there's grieving. I mean, she's yes. lost something here. Right. That is important. I remember my grief after divorce and how deep it was and how it really did focus on this isn't the life I wanted for my children. So I would think as a grandparent, there's kind of a double grief. (laughs) You never want your kids to go through divorce. It's painful. So she's Kathy's grieving for her son and also grieving, not being able to see her own grandchildren. And so there's a pretty intense grief process for grandparents, I think, in this. Are you frustrated with your co-parent? Do you sometimes find yourself hoping that you and your co-parent will one day get along better than you even did in your marriage? Or more secretly, wish your co-parent would meet with an untimely or maybe painful demise. (laughs) It's okay. We understand. But I'm afraid that neither of those fantasies are helping you move on with your life. We think this podcast will help you learn how to put those fantasies in the past. In each episode, we address difficult dilemmas that many co-parents face and will help you decide should you hold on to the conflict for the sake of the kids or let it go for the same reason. These issues are often complicated, but the solutions can be easier than you think. So get ready for this unconventional ride. You might be surprised it could change your life. Welcome to Co-Parent Dilemmas, where we give practical solutions to those impossible co-parents. I'm Diane Dirks. And I'm Rick Voiles. Well, hello, Rick. How are you today? Hi, Diane. I'm really good today. You said today, like yesterday was bad? <laughs> uh, well, it has been a busy week, and yeah. I'm looking into a busy weekend. So, Oh, you yep. workaholic, you. I've... <laughs> I actually thought I was going to have to go out of town and that got canceled. So I'm looking forward to a weekend that I didn't have planned. Yes. Isn't that great when you got something on your calendar and then it drops off and now you got nothing? I know. It's awesome. So I'm going to relax, hopefully. So today we have a topic that's near and dear to my heart. We're going to talk about grandparents. I'm a grandparent. Me too. You're a grandparent. (laughs) And until you become a grandparent, you have no idea what it feels like to be a grandparent. (laughs) Nope. It makes uh, all the parenting and all the headaches well worth it, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah. 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 And how many do you have, Rick? I have three. I have two girls and a boy, the first boy I've ever had. I don't know what to do with him. (laughs) Yeah. Rick had what? All sisters growing up. Yes. And then all girls of your own. Yes. And then my wife has all girls. So yeah. And all girl dogs. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But now you have a little boy. What are you doing with your little boy? Well, actually, we've done a lot of Zoom through COVID, and we just make a lot of noises. (laughs) (laughs) How old is he? He's like two. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, wait till he's 10. Oh, my goodness. Right. (laughs) Bodily functions are going to be very, very important to him when he's 10. That I can play catch with him. That's awesome. Well, I have two granddaughters. They're almost 10. In fact, next week, she'll be 10 years old, which is hard to believe. And the other one is seven. I love this age. They're very sweet. They're still parent and grandparent pleasers. Oh, They're not yet to that stage where they're like, no, I don't want to come to your house. I want to be with my friends. Or do you have video games? Yes. (laughs) And I'll come. (laughs) Exactly. So we got uh, a voicemail from Kathy in Ohio. 
And why don't we go ahead and play that? Yes. Um, hello. My name's Kathy, and I live in Ohio. My coworker was telling me that I should listen to your show because I want to see my grandchildren. But my ex-daughter-in-law refuses to make time for us when we visit Tennessee. That's where they live. My son says that he can't make her cooperate and change the schedule, but I would think she would want her kids to know all of their grandparents, not just those on her side. My husband's very frustrated, too. Um, Do you think I should call her, maybe, and try to get her to see what this is doing to the kids? Well, thanks. Bye. You know, there's a lot of this going around. Oh, Uh, sure. We often just think of divorce with the parents and the children, but the extended families are certainly impacted and And we don't often talk about it. I'm very blessed. I think my daughter and her husband have a great marriage. And so hopefully I will never have to experience this, but I can only imagine how hard it would be as a grandparent to go from seeing your children whenever it was convenient or grandchildren at two, it has to be on somebody else's terms. You know? Yeah. I just had a mental image that I don't like. It yeah. was not comfortable. <laughs> I, right. Yeah. So first of all, Kathy, I feel for you. I think her, do I hold on or let it go is, do I just let it go and accept that this is how my life is going to be? Or do I hold on and try to resolve it with my ex-daughter-in-law? Oh, yes. And hold on and how to resolve it has all kinds of things to talk about, but it might be good to acknowledge the impact of divorce on the extended family. I mean, obviously, Mm -hmm. and I can hear it in her voice, there's grieving. I mean, she's lost something here. Right. That is important. I remember my grief after divorce and how deep it was and how it really did focus on this isn't the life I wanted for my children. So I would think as a grandparent, there's kind of a double grief. (laughs) You never want your kids to go through divorce. It's painful. So she's, Kathy's grieving for her son and also grieving, not being able to see her own grandchildren. And so there's a pretty intense grief process for grandparents, I think in this. So let's answer her question. I think first that as much as I want to say, yeah, Kathy, call your ex-daughter-in-law and tell her how it is, <laughs> that's probably not going to be effective because there's no motivation to <clears throat> cater to you other than wanting. And I'm, it doesn't sound like she's keeping the children from you. It's just she doesn't want to do it on her time or your terms. And I think that's realistic. Once there's a divorce, we preach that, right, Rick, that you've got to set some boundaries between you. And she's probably going to have to accept the parenting plan as it's written. And her son should tell her, here are the weekends, or here's the extended times, here are the holidays, here are the times I have with my children. This is when you can come visit and you can have access to them to say, well, I was planning on visiting on Christmas day. Why can't I see the children on Christmas day? Because that's mom's day. And I think this is part of the acceptance that the grandparents have to go through in their grief process is it just can't be the way that it used to be. It would be nice, but it's not probably going to be healthy to force your son into trying to get her to do something 
she doesn't want to do, and I don't know anything about their relationship, but if it's not a cooperative relationship, it's probably going to induce more conflict between them. Yes. And And you don't want to feel that. And that will be hard for the children. Yes. Which, and, and gosh, there's a bunch of things in there. You said, I really liked (laughs) Yeah, if the grandparents can begin to understand the principles that we teach co-parenting as far as health, I mean, do they know that it's the conflict that hurts the children? I can understand why she wants her son to take care of this. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's really not, she needs to trust her son. Yes. And it sounds like he's stuck in the middle between his mom and his ex. <laughs> right. And so the kids are in the middle. Only these are adult kids. Well, yes. And probably just wants to walk away and let them fight it out. Right. Right. <laughs> he oh, doesn't want to be in the middle, but that's not going to be healthy for the children. So as Kathy, I hate to tell you, but I think you're going to have to let the schedule rule and just be glad that there are times when your son will have the children and you can see them on those times. So get a copy of the calendar and plan your trips to Tennessee around that calendar. And it, grandparents like to host holidays. They want the kids to come to them. But, their house, yeah, right. <laughs> but that's not always possible either. So uh, in my experience, you have to kind of work around the children's schedules and the grandchildren's schedule. So that's my answer to her question. But Ricky brought up a great point that grandparents aren't often educated about conflict and what it does to kids. Right. Yeah. And that would help. So I've had several counseling sessions over the years with grandparents who want to help their child figure out how to co-parent better, but they don't have the skills. And this makes sense, especially for moms and daughters. I'm sure there are moms and sons that do this as well, but I talk to my daughter almost every day and talking to my son is not, I don't have the same kind of relationship. And so I can picture the daughter calling the mom saying, he's doing this again, or I can't believe he did that. And then the mom going, oh yeah, that's terrible. And them colluding about how horrible the ex-husband is. And then the grandma really wanting to help her child figure out how to do this co-parenting thing better. She's only getting one side of the story and she may be kind of giving bad advice or let's mm. just take him to court or I've got money. I'll lend you. Oh uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And yeah. next thing you know, she may be promoting something that isn't necessarily healthy for her daughter or her grandchildren. Right. So getting some basic principles, just general co-parenting, and then looking at yourself as a co-parent, not just a grandparent, would help understand the dynamics and how you can be helpful to the children. I mean, understanding that it's the conflict that hurts the children means, well, I might think twice about trying to get my son to call her and tell her. Yes. Or even call her yourself. (laughs) Right. 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 We'd probably do better if Kathy would write an email to the ex-daughter-in-law saying, thank you for being a great mom to my grandchildren. I'm sorry that we can't have the same kind of relationship we had before, but I'm going to respect the parenting plan and just kind of an olive branch. And then maybe daughter-in-law will say something nice about grandma to the kids. Maybe then when there is a holiday, grandma happens to be in town then daughter-in-law might be more amenable to let grandma see the kids because grandma has respected the boundaries of the co-parenting plan. So 
sometimes you get more with honey than vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And praising her, I'm not telling you to lie. I mean, if you think she's a horrible parent, then don't say anything at all. But if there are some redeemable qualities about your ex-daughter-in-law, then extend that hand and it's okay to express your sorrow about what has happened in the family and that you want to be a helpful catalyst in the grandchildren's life. Yeah. Just don't do that when you're in the anger stage of the (laughs) grief process. Exactly. I'm glad you brought that up because part of the response to this in general depends a lot on what the relationship was like when son and daughter-in-law were together. If they had a really strong relationship, then okay, maybe give it some time. Yeah. If you had a really bad relationship, then mm, yeah, I remember. Plan. I remember grieving that when I got a divorce that I was no longer going to have the same kind of relationship with my in-laws because I did have a good relationship with them, and we have remained in relationship differently through Facebook and such. But there is the acknowledgement that as a grandparent, you are losing a son or a daughter when a divorce happens. Even if you get to see them occasionally, by default, you have to support your own child, right? Right. <laughs> and yep. if they're very angry at their ex, they really yep. don't want you to be friendly with them no. because it feels like a betrayal to your child. Even if you don't see it the same way as your child sees it, it's really hard on your child when you try to make friends with the person they feel has really hurt them especially if there's been an affair or something like that. How can you still like her when she hurt me so much? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're forced into these loyalty binds and we have to choose our child. And that doesn't mean we're not grieving the relationship we had with our adopted in-law child. (laughs) Yes. Let's assume for a moment that it's not a good relationship, or at least certainly it doesn't feel like Mm -hmm. she can reach out to her at this point. As far as the grief process is concerned, things change. Sure. It doesn't mean that just because it's difficult now and we don't know how long they've been divorced, mm-hmm. but it could change. Both parents, son and daughter-in-law could move on and develop at least more of a neutral relationship, mm-hmm. which could open doors for grandma in the future. Right. So what yeah. you're experiencing now doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be there two years, three years. Exactly. And if you act, like you said, act on your anger, when you're in that stage of your grief, you're likely to prolong the grief, right? (laughs) Because then that'll get everybody all upset. And then the anger persists. And so it's better to deal with your anger with your own spouse or with your therapist or best friend, instead of taking it out on whoever you think you might be angry with in this divorce kind of family. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the grandparent who's trying to help their child be a better co-parent, if I said that correctly. How do they get the skills? And I suppose after we finish this episode, a lot of listeners are going to be sending this to their parents. (laughs) Mom, dad, you need to listen to what these people say about because sometimes grandparents can drive their kids crazy because they are so passionate about their grandchildren. Sometimes they can make it worse by inducing more conflict. Mm -hmm. You just tell her this, or you just tell them that without understanding the uh, philosophy that we have about not just telling somebody something because you're feeling it. 
setting those important boundaries. I worry most about grandparents who have a history of divorce themselves. That's their only frame of reference. They're not professionals. They haven't dealt with a lot of people going through a divorce. And so in their mind, this is what divorce is like because this was my experience and then wanting to superimpose that onto their child's experience, which might not be fair. No. You're tempted to say, well, when I divorced your dad, blah, blah, blah. And this is what I did. And this is what worked. Well, this child and their ex is not you and their dad. (laughs) No. And there's a lot of things different in the culture and in the courts and all Mm -hmm. kinds of things that, but I mean, none of us go into this with experience and we we look for a reference point, but yeah, if that's your only reference point and it wasn't good, be careful Mm -hmm. the advice you're getting or the expectations that you have. Right. And it's, yeah, you may have had a great relationship with your ex and why can't you just do it this way? Well, because I don't have the same experience as you, or you have oftentimes I've seen when I see moms who are maybe alienating their children from the dad or vice versa. If you dig into their own personal experience, you find out that that happened in their childhood that one yeah. of their parents was kind of turning this child against the other parent. And the cycle can get repeated. If I was told as a child, my other parent wasn't needed or valued, Ooh. it's easy for me to grow up and yep. maybe not see the value of fatherhood or not see the value of motherhood if I didn't grow up with a father or mother. So it could really do a lot of damage for you to assume too many things about your child's divorce and co-parenting history and that kind of thing. So just a word of warning to grandparents, be very careful about how you advise your child going through a divorce and get some education. Listen to our podcast. (laughs) That would be the easiest way, but there are so many courses you can take. Our organization, CNFC has a parenting course. In fact, I'll put that in the show notes, how they could sign up to four-hour class, just the basics of what you should and should not do. And maybe take that to inform you about any advice you might give to your children. Yeah, that would be a great place to start. So Kathy, I think we're what we're saying is letting go would be to just accept this as the way it's going to be. Holding on would be to maybe fight for your rights that you don't really have, by the way, by calling your ex-daughter-in-law and trying to convince her of something. As usual, we always come somewhere in the middle between the, those right. two pendulum swings. Yes. But I am leaning more toward the letting go. I think you are too, Rick, on this one. Yeah. That she should let it go, but I don't think she should be angry while she lets it go. She should accept when she's ready that this is the way it is and that I can reach out to my ex-daughter-in-law and let her know that I'm in support of the parenting plan and intend to follow that so that there's no conflict. And that could do a world of good in their relationship in the future. Yeah. Because the alternative is not good. It means it's going to lead to conflict and it's the conflict that hurts the children. So actually, I think what we're, what we're suggesting is accept 
but then have plan B's. And <laughs> so if you want to know what plan B's are like, then you're going to have to listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love that little marketing. Shameless there. plug. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Kathy, thank you for your question. And uh, I hope we answered it sufficiently. And as usual, if you have a question for us, please call us on our voicemail number or email us and all that information you'll hear at the end of the show. Yes. Very good. All right. Good to see you. Talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. We hope this episode was helpful to you. If you'd like to share your dilemma or tell us how something we said has benefited your situation, please call 1-234-DILEMMA. That's 234-362-3445. Or email 1234-DILEMMA at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Co-Parent Dilemmas wherever you get your podcasts and give us a favorable rating. That will make us more accessible to co-parents who are searching for help. Thank you for being part of our non-impossible family. 